sometimes you just gotta theologically geek out. Today's one of those days. We're nerding out on Churchpreneurs today. Let's get into it. I'm geeking out. Welcome to Churchpreneurs Podcast. My name is Richard Moore. I'm your host and informant for everything church, theology, and faith related. Churchpreneurs' vision is to accelerate the church in mission, vision, and effectiveness in fulfilling the Great Commission in our communities. Churchpreneurs hopes to embolden you to fulfill the Great Commission beyond your own borders into the rest of the world within this generation. In this podcast, I talk about everything that's moving me in relation to church and theology, hopefully to empower you and your ministry, church, Bible study, theological understanding, and most importantly, your personal growth in Christ. Today, like I said, we're going to theologically geek out. And what I've got here uh, in the studio on my desk, I hope my desk can hold these up. This is uh, Kittle, what you call Kittle. Um, it's a theological dictionary of the New Testament. And uh, I have my copy here. This is my volume set. Um, and, and over here, I've got a special treat in the studio with us today. This is uh, my my one of my colleagues moved some of his books in to uh, the office the other day, and he moved in his ver his uh, set of Kittle, which is uh, Greek um, a study of the New Testament words. Every theological word that has any theological significance in the New Testament is uh, codified and explained in depth. Some of them. Uh, not, some of them not very in-depth, but, but most of them, all the theological words in the New Testament are explained in the, the Theological Dictionary of the New Testament by Gerhard Kittel, um, originally published in German in, uh, I believe, the late 30s, early 40s, <clears throat> and translated by Bromley in, uh, in the, I guess uh, we'll find out, it's interesting, this version right here is uh, the original owner was theologian expositor F.F. F. Bruce. And when my uh, colleague told me that, I started to geek out. I'm like, no way, really? Like, come on. And uh, it really was. This is, what, first of all, what every pastor should have in their office. They should have a copy of the 10 volume set of uh, Kittle. Uh, my wife uh, bought it for me for my birthday. It was one of the best birthday gifts she's ever given me. Um, I don't know if you can see over here. It's uh, well used, well loved, <laughs> um, and uh, definitely uh, note and highlight and everything. <laughs> uh, so this is my uh, Kittle. And uh, over here on this side is the uh, personal copy of the personal volume set, 
that belonged to F.F. Bruce, famous theologian um, and commentator. Uh, I believe F.F. Uh, Bruce wrote some 40 books, theological books, commentaries. I I'm reading right now uh, by him, The Hard Sayings of Jesus, and uh, it's, it's brilliant. Um, and, and so um, when my colleague bought this in and he said, this is the uh, original copy, uh, the, the original owner was F.F. F. Bruce of this Kittle, uh, it blew my mind. Uh, so today I want to go through this and he's actually got uh, personal notes of F.F. Bruce in here, personal uh, writings, personal reviews. So F.F. Bruce, uh, I think what it was actually happening is you can go through this uh, particular uh, volume of Kittle and you see uh, he's received or, or marked in the books themselves the year with which he got them. And I think he was actually from volume one writing reviews of each release of when they translated it from German to English. And he wrote his review and he put the review in the, in the volume itself. And so each volume has like a review of it. I don't think not every single one, but, but uh, m most of them have a review that he wrote and you can see it then typed FF Bruce. And I'm going to show you all that today. Um, I'm excited. I've got so much stuff laying around here today. This is going to be like a, uh, like a show and tell, literally like a, I'm geeking out here. Uh, the other day I looked through the whole thing um, and looked at all the personal notes that he had written. He had some handwritten notes, some typed notes, and all with his like signature and, and FF Bruce at the end. And uh, so we're just going to go through this. There's some really gems actually in in here. So uh, th this is my uh, Kittle set over here. Relatively new. Uh, I mean, you can see it's uh, kind of shiny still, right? And uh, my uh, little Kittle up here. So if you can't afford or get the whole volume set of Kittle as a pastor, you ought to have it if you can. I mean, I had the little Kittle. Uh, my dad had given me this a long time ago, and this was helpful and, and super helpful. But once I really started uh, preaching and uh, teaching more, I use this every time I prepare a sermon. I'm old school, man. I do. I use Logos too, but uh, you know, there's just nothing like putting your hands around uh, a book and 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 flipping through and finding it. And uh, I don't know. I'm old school, probably, but. I'll tell you, I found the other night, I found uh, where you can buy this on Christian Book Distributors for $130. That's nothing in comparison to what its, what its value is. I use it literally every time I prepare a sermon. So um, if you have a, a tough word in, in your text um, and you pull this bad boy out, it's it's brilliant. You just have it right there. Um, Logos for me is is good, but it's sometimes hard to use and hard to find what I'm actually looking for. Um, you can go right here. You can go to grab the tenth volume, look up your word, and boom, then grab your third volume or wherever your word is in each volume, and have a great exegetical layout and description of what your word is, historicity of it, uh, etc. Um, little Kittle is a minimum, I think, but 130 bucks, you can uh, find that somewhere and, and get this. And I'll put that, uh, in the description link, the link, uh, to get that, uh, full volume set 
This is absolute must. This is what every pastor should have in his library. And I have it on my top shelf. And man, um, I literally grab it every time. And I pulled it down just to show you this is a must have for churchpreneurs, those who are ministering the gospel, preaching at any time, teaching even the scriptures. You got to have this in your library. A quick a few stories just to the uh, Kittle itself. I'm going to open up here and <laughs> make some room. Um, the just uh, I've I always wanted a, a Kittle. I always wanted it. Um, I always wanted the full volume. I had the the single volume and it helped, but I always wanted uh, the full the full full set and uh, never really expressed it. I, I guess maybe here and there, I guess that's why <laughs> um, this happened. But I always wanted it, and my wife found it on sale for me for my birthday one time, and I just about uh, erupted. You know, the, it came in the mail, I think it was in a box, and she had just gave it to me the whole time in a box, and I just I thought it was great. Um, my father also has an incredible story of of this uh, volume set. He had had the Kittle as well, uh, still has it to this day, the full Kittle, full volumes, 10 volume set. And uh, he, um, one time, they were really tight in money, um, grew up as a, a pastor's kid. Uh, so I'd never felt like we were tight on money, but, but as I look back and as I understand what my dad and, and mom went through in raising us and being a pastor and planning churches and being in seminary. Um, he explained this story to me afterwards, and it's a story of God's provision. Uh, it's a really a sweet story. That's why I'll share it, and I think uh, I think he'd be quite okay with me sharing it. They couldn't make their rent uh, one month and really uh, scrounging pennies together. They were young in ministry, young young pastors, uh, just fresh out of seminary, and didn't have a lot of money. Didn't the income for the church was not consistent? Young church plant, and uh, so he didn't have money for rent one time, and he uh, was thinking. He had talked to a buddy pastor of his, and he said, uh, "You know, uh, I've been interested in." in uh, selling my Kittle, or they talked about the Kittle, um, the whole volume set, because at that point it was super expensive, uh, I'm sure. I, I think actually as I look in F.F. Bruce's notes, each volume was like $25. And uh, I guess, you know, that at that time in the six, late 60s, mid, mid to late 60s was quite a bit of money, um, especially for pastors. But he uh, he had the, the whole volume, and um, so... He was talking with a pastor friend of his, and the pastor said, "Oh, you know, Ray, I'd love to have the Kittle. Um, it's expensive, but I just, I just love to have it. And I think he could have made a couple hundred, three hundred dollars from it at the time. Twenty-five times ten, um, two hundred fifty bucks at least. Uh, so he mentioned to him, "Yeah, you know, I might be willing to to sell it to you." Um, but they just talked about it, and uh, then uh, it came time that their rent was due. My, my, my dad, the next day rent was due and they didn't have a cent in their bank account. And he thought, um, he really felt the Lord leading him. Um, Hey, uh, go sell your Kittle. Um, and, uh, go talk to your pastor buddy. He went over to his house middle of the night, well, middle of the night in the evening, um, and knocked on his door and said, Oh, Hey, uh, Ray, what's happening with you? And come on in, we'll talk, you know? And, and, uh, so he came in and, and told him, you know, hey, you are thinking about uh, my Kittle. Would, would you still be interested in, in buying that from me? 
And uh, so the the uh, his friend said, "Oh, you know, Ray. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd be interested, but I don't. Not right now. You know, um, I I don't uh, I don't think I need it. I don't think I have. You know, um, not not quite interested now. But maybe. Yeah, you know. Um, and then he and then I, I guess my dad was probably quite disappointed at the time. Then oh. And then his friend asked him, he said, you know, but Ray, do y'all, do y'all need the money? And, uh, that's just the leading of the spirit, you know? And he said, you know, yeah, we do. We need to make rent tomorrow. And so he said, well, Ray, let me, I'm just going to write, let me just write you a check. And he wrote him a check for the rent and, um, and God provided, you know? Um, so I look, I look at my Kittle and I think of those stories. I, I think of, and now I have the this copy of F.F. Bruce's personal uh, theological dictionary of the New Testament, and I just like was giddy, you know. So uh, my father's story, I have that background. My wife buying me my set, and uh, these are like really my trip. I couldn't let go of this. I mean, it'd have to be really desperate for me to let go of uh, this uh, ten volume set that my wife bought. Now we have to be starving. Um, so. <laughs> bought these back in um he wanted to store them here instead and i thought man let me have this is cool um can i go through it and uh yeah it's really interesting in the volume are handwritten notes uh student graded papers uh, there's one graded paper where uh, a student got a 15 out of 20 um sounds like about what i would get when i, when I wrote my uh theological papers um and then um what else is in here you know the the so in each volume he's got his own written um review that appeared in different magazines and he actually has some of the clippings of the magazines let's see if i got one here's one here it's uh yeah so you can actually see in the bottom there, if I can focus it, F.F. Bruce on the bottom. This appeared um, in what magazine is this? January 1969. Um, doesn't really say what magazine. The Witness. So it appeared in the magazine The Witness in 1969 of January. Uh, just some wild stuff. So what I'm going to do now is I'd just like to totally geek out with y'all. If y'all would, uh, uh, y'all would bear with me and watch with i'm gonna go through and uh have a look at what some of the volumes and show you and show you the uh, papers and show you his own handwriting um and uh just have a look through so hang with me we're gonna do that now i'll put mine to the side Ooh, and not drop it awesome now so let's do this. Let's see. We got this is I'm going backwards in volume. I have volume 10 somewhere. Where'd I put it? Set it. So this is going backwards from 10 to 1 down at the bottom. Yeah. Volume 1 there. So this doesn't have anything. I think I took these things out of it. 
Um, so that's volume 10. <laughs> and then we've got volume seven. And he had written his handwritten um, name, you know, on the, to, to show it belonged to him. And then also, um, um, the date. And I think what happened is he would get them as they came out. Um, so these are some of the originals. He, they were, they were, they were, uh, he, he wrote in a review, one of the reviews that, um, Bromley, uh, who, et, who, uh, translated, um, had, uh, could do, if he did three pages um, uh, of translating from German to English, three pages a day, he could translate the whole thing in a year, each volume. And so each year, the uh, each new year, the volume, a new volume came out. And so uh, this is, let's see what we got here. This is FF Bruce 1972. And so we're going backwards in time. Um, and here, I'm just going to see if I can show you. There he is. Um, and uh, he has his review of this volume i guess in the middle um and this is interesting this is exegetische wörterbuch zum neuen testament um and that that's exegetical uh, uh lexicon to, and then to the new testament so i don't know it's really interesting he's got his handwriting up here um it's wild like some of these things are like what are they you know and uh I'm just geeking out. It's just, <laughs> just too much fun. Sorry. Then he's got here a book review. Let me put this out of the way here. He's got a, he's got a review. Um, and you can see on the last page here. Um, it actually says, if I can get close, maybe. FF Bruce in the bottom corner there. Uh, just, I'm just geeking out. So this one's about, um, the review of volume eight. So, um, that's his personal review that he wrote. And then of course, sent it to, um, I think the witness magazine was maybe where he relayed most of his reviews. Then this is volume 10. So I don't know, I have him out of order a little bit. Um, and then something odd, I just found an envelope and like SCM book room, <laughs> funny. And uh, it's so old, it's stuck to the envelope. So yeah, it looks like a, a book lending thing from a library maybe. Um, and volume 10 has all the, all the indexes in it. So if you're, if you're ever, um, this is where you search for your word, you're looking at uh, a scripture, so this is Ezekiel. You want to find um, a scripture, one of the words in Ezekiel 13. So you're looking at Ezekiel uh, 11 um, all the way to uh, 13 on this page. And you can find all the words in Ezekiel 13, 10. <laughs> Anyways, that's 10. Let's see what we got here. This is volume 9. Got to think on my Roman numerals, you know. <laughs> So here's, oh, this is interesting. This is then the book review that he's probably clipped out of the magazine itself or the theological review itself. 
if you can kind of catch that book reviews. And then, of course, at the bottom, um, his name, FF Bruce. Um, you know, I've, I've not seen much about his life. I'd love to see some kind of documentary or something made about his life. Here it says, FF Bruce, April 29th, 1974, posted for something, um, 8374. So it's his, again, he, I think he's, like I said, it seems like he's getting each um, Kittle as it comes out and then writing his review putting the date when he received it. Some of these uh, theologians, of course, would get the books sent to them, delivered to them, um, and and they would then review it uh, if they would give them the book for free. And so that might have been what was happening here. I'm not sure. Um, it's all sort of just like awesome speculation on my part. And then here is one. Uh, this is the volume five. F.F. Uh, Bruce, uh, August 1968. So this is, it seems like either he got it then, or, I mean, that's when he wrote it in there. So um, it's got kind of a cool handwriting. Um, yeah, there's that volume Then we've got. What else do we got here? Oh, these, these are really interesting. This is so FF Bruce, June 27th, 1967. And we've got some, um, sort of scratch these are all sort of scratch papers too he's got his long he cut he clipped this one out as well um this is a review as well um but it doesn't look like it's from him um from howard marshall um and of course i didn't read everything but i read i read all the stuff Ev evangelical quarterly and uh, so that's a review there. And then also just hand notes. These are, um, this looks like, however, not his handwriting. The discipled Jesus ordering is in the New Testament. The discipled. Yeah, it's really interesting. It's hard to read his handwriting. Um, but then on the back side, so he used every side of paper. <laughs> He's a definitely a, a environmentally friendly guy using every side of paper. Probably paper was pretty expensive, I guess. Typing out, and this is as well, his review of volume six, four. Sorry, got to think about my Roman numerals again. And then this side, this was interesting, is a student of his, University of Manchester, um, some kind of form, almost like um, Margaret, someone, Walmsley, was checking something out. Very interesting. If Margaret, if Margaret Walmsley uh, was his student, I would love, that would be so cool. You see this video, uh, probably not alive anymore. Well, maybe 60s, like, yeah, um, that'd be awesome to connect in some way. Anyways, that's that in that volume, a little sort of more historical and just sort of, I don't think there's anything else in this volume. Yeah. Um, I'm so geeking out. <laughs> I don't know. I t it's crazy, isn't it? I mean, come on. Then we've got uh, May 27th, 1966 and a paper by a student. Like I said, 
Uh, the student got a 15 out of 20, if you can see it here. <laughs> uh, sounds like my grades back in the day as well. <laughs> um, and then on one side, one side, the handwriting of a student writing about Pauline epistles, pastoral epistles, and very interesting and probably um, better scholarship than students in our day and age. And then on this side, he writes his review, types his review as well. So um, this one was a pretty good review. It, it just talks about the words and their, and it looked, I just wonder, did he type this and write it before? He talks about words like additions, uh, like Evangelion, Curios, um, um, Propitiation. Oh, man, it just, uh, let's see, where was that? That was in this one. Talks about the, the translation process and that Bromley was a, a very astute uh, translator, just a brilliant, brilliant man, and no other person could have done it. He actually said by, beside him to translate it from German to English. Uh, very, uh, very well done. Um, I don't know if I should read it. It's too long, probably. Yeah, just some really cool, cool information. Um, then his own personal bookmark <laughs> in this volume. Let's see if we can. Oh, one thing he did say. This is really interesting. He said, some books, when you review as a, as a reviewer, as a theologian and reviewer, like I've done, I've probably done a lot of books, reviews for. And he said, some books you read and some books you just don't really read as you review them. You kind of skim, you give the idea and you review it. And he said, but these, you, there are some books you read cover to cover. And I've done it twice. <laughs> I think, uh, <laughs> he's read, he, he, he was talking in that review, he was talking about volumes one and two. He had read, he said, sometimes you just don't read those, you know, those books you review, but some are worthwhile enough and worthy enough for you to read. And I've read these twice, cover to cover. That's what he said. <laughs> Great FF Bruce. I guess they're worthy to be read. I, re I only use them as reference, uh, and they're valuable enough just for that. Uh, and he, he believed they were valuable enough to read cover to cover, and they were. And he's right. Um, I, can't, <laughs> I can't say not, uh, but it's just a matter of having the patience to read a book like this twice, cover to cover. Um, then uh, we have another. Uh, this is F.F. Bruce. No date on this one. This is volume two, I believe. Yep, volume two. And he's got his notes in here. This is interesting. He talks about sozo as a good entry into this, uh, the, the word for salvation. Um, saved, delivered, etc. Um, and uh, then, of course, his uh, really his signature right there at the bottom with the typewriter signature, F.F. Bruce. Um, it's really incredible. Um, this old paper to it just, it just feels like you're holding something in the hand by, uh, by just a man of God that just loved the Lord and, and wanted his gospel to be preached and proclaimed and to give people like you and me tools to, to help us do that to the best of our abilities. 
this is in this and he's got handwritten notes on the back too so this is actually his handwriting let's see if i can show it this is his handwriting kind of tell because it matches the other stuff on the uh, book covers that's his handwriting style um man this is really fun really, really fun <laughs> And then the last volume, he didn't have anything in here um, besides stuff in the back. And these were clippings. But I wanted to read something from him that he had written. So he wrote um, a thing, a, a, a review on back of papers. Of course, this is this was a, one of the fuller reviews. It's stapled even. And um, it's the review of volumes one to nine. Uh, so it's interesting. I don't know if he wrote every single volume, a review, and then maybe the end, one to nine or one to ten. Um, but then he wrote something here, and it is another review as well for volume nine only. And then on the back, he has a quick, a it's a scratch of something. I think it's his own, and the title's just Worship. Let me read it to you. In view of the reference in the New Testament, it's it's almost like it's a test or something because um, there's questions and then he answers. And I can't, I just, it's hard to tell if it's his answer, but I can only imagine. And, and you can, you'll probably be able to tell why. I think it's his answers. In view of the references in the New Testament to the singing of Psalms, should not some provision be made for this means of praise by Christian people? Are not the 150 psalms implied in these references? So the answer comes then, it looks like the answer. No doubt, it's indented. No doubt the references to the psalms in the New Testament do include the Old Testament Psalter, but possibly over other hymns of praise as well. But there is provision made in most Christian groups for singing suitable parts of the Old Testament Psalter. Uh, my native country in Scotland, he's got some things written in and added in like he's correcting it. Uh, in my native country of Scotland, we have traditionally had the whole met metrical Psalter bound in at the end of the Bible. Even in England, most hymn books have a selection of, ver of versions of the Psalms, though they are not always recognized as such. For example, do we remember that when we sing, Jesus shall reign, or hail to the Lord's anointed, we are singing a version of Psalm 72? Or that, O oh God, our help in ages past, is a version of Psalm 90? I should not care to restrict congregational praise to the 150 psalms as do some Christians for whom I have specially high esteem, but I should prefer to do that, meaning prefer to have the psalms only sung, than to have to sing some of the ditties that pass for Christian praise in this generation. <laughs> That's great. Uh that's in the 60s, I guess. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's great. Um, <laughs> he'd rather sing. If, if it's going to be between one or the other, then let's stick to the 150 songs. <laughs> if you're going to make me choose, 
um, between these dumb ditties we're singing these days and uh, the Psalms. Then I choose the Psalms. That's great. Um, so then he's got um, another question. Since our worship ought to be offered to the Father, this is really great. Um, uh, reference John 4, uh, 21 through 24, Colossians 1, 12, Hebrews 13, 15. Why are so few hymns, uh, certain collections, addressed to him, to the Father, the majority being addressed to the Son? Is not the Father thereby robbed? And his answer, I do not suppose it is possible that the Father can be robbed. So good, right? Just, I just, I'm reading this and I'm thinking like, man, what a man of God. Finished the race well. Um, I'd I'd give you an example. I I didn't realize kind of how the circle would come. It's just part of your curriculum when you're in Bible school. I took Romans and I was able to read through um, his book on Romans, F.F. Bruce. That was our textbook. And I just remember how how deeply impressive it was for me, and and how forming it was in my uh, faith and my walk and and, and my ministry. Uh, Romans to me in Bible college was a deeply forming class, and F. F. Bruce played a huge role in that. And so um, this is the last volume here. Thanks for geeking out with me today. I just want to uh, close with some some thoughts. Um, F.F. Bruce obviously had a spiritual legacy. It's in it's in his books. It, it, you know, um, some forty books plus reviews of books, plus commentaries, plus sermons. I'm looking back now at old sermons. I found an old sermon online on YouTube. Uh, I could post that in the description here as well. And it's just uh, man, what a legacy, you know. Um, and so it came to my, uh, thinking today, like, what is your spiritual legacy? Uh, what would you hope your spiritual legacy to be? Uh, second Timothy two, two says this, Paul encouraged Timothy at the time. And what you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. I think F.F. Bruce really realized that. You can see that. I'm I'm watching, actually, in his papers, as I'm going through the other day and looking um, at his writings and his corrections of of students' papers, his belief that 2 Timothy 2.2 ought to be uh, taking place. And he's actively in in these books passing down a legacy what Paul preached here in the presence of the things you've heard me say, F.F. Bruce, believe this. It was, it's clear and trust to reliable men who will also be able to teach others. That's why he taught. That's why he wrote. That's why he wanted this Kittle to be in English for those generations who would follow, who could also teach others. And I'm just so grateful. I have a Kittle that I can, that, that some of the fruit of his labor uh, can be passed on, and Bromley's and Gerhard uh, Kittle, and uh, um, it's just incredible. Um, and and as you read his paper on worship, you see his 
love for the scriptures, if it's between silliness and nonsense uh, that we see in modern worship and the scriptures, I choose the scriptures. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that's, that's the pattern he took. If you look at his, his writings, um, and, uh, your legacy, uh, might not be able to arrive at the theological level or work of F.F. Bruce. That's not what we're getting at. But your legacy can be the same because we can entrust the gospel to faithful men who will also be able to teach others. Uh, you, you look to the future by looking to the men and women who will live there. Uh, I don't know how long I'm going to live, um, I hope to live a ripe old age, but I look to the future and we as churchpreneurs ought to look to the future um, by looking to the young men and young women right now who are alive, who will live there. The gospel goes from generation to generation by the witness of faithful men who faithfully transmit it to the next generation. And that's what I've seen. That's what I experienced the other day as going through F.F. Bruce's personal Kittle uh, volumes. It was just such an honor to see, to be a part, to have a little look into um, his life, his testimony, his witness, his work to pass the gospel down from generation to generation. He looked to the future by looking to the men and women that were in his care as he taught uh, and gave him a 15 out of 20 <laughs> and other students that he wrote his handwritten their names in some uh, form or whatever they needed to be students and to check books out or what have you. The gospel goes from generation to generation by the witness of faithful men who faithfully transmit it to the next generation. Barnabas to Paul, Paul to Timothy, Timothy, to those he discipled until our generations and and ff bruce his students and me i was i was a student of ff bruce in romans class although he wasn't my teacher in that class he was uh my faithful gospel witness from generation to generation so i just hope and pray that this will be an encouragement to you churchpreneur um your legacy might not be, like I said, so big as F.F. Bruce, but you have a legacy. You have a spiritual legacy that you can pass on and entrust the gospel to faithful men who will also be able to teach others. Look to the future by looking to this generation, people who will live there. So uh, God bless you. Uh, thanks for watching uh, and listening to this episode of Churchpreneur's Podcast. You can find out more information at my website at richardpmore.net. I also blog at richardpmore.blogspot.com. You're welcome to follow me on Twitter if you do that kind of thing. My Twitter handle is at richardpmore23. You can also email me at churchpreneurs at gmail.com. That's C-H-U-R-C-H-E-P-R-E-N-E-U-R-S at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. If you have any ideas for a podcast or any comments or questions, please reach out to me on one of those platforms. God bless you. Until next time, take care.